0: How's it going everybody? And welcome to episode number 60 of Master My Garden podcast and this week's episode is part two of our two-part episode on companion planting with Tongi from Dunmore Country School in Dorough County Leash. As I said when we sat down to record this we hadn't actually planned it to be a, a two-part episode and we were aiming for sort of 35 to 40 minutes but we ended up speaking for an hour and rather than making it one long episode which I know Listeners generally like, as I said, to keep episodes somewhere around 40 minutes or thereabouts. So when I started editing, there was very little that needed to come out. Um, The content was very, very good. And the principles were were eye-opening in some cases. And we spoke, you know, somewhat about actual combinations of plants. But the whole basis of episode one was about the principles of companion planting. And now... In this episode, we get into actual combinations a little bit more and we talk about those principles a little bit more as well. So, Tongi, thanks very much and you're very, very welcome to Master My Garden podcast. Thank you, John. To, to bring it back to actual companion planting as such in the kitchen garden, so we've mentioned the combination of the three sisters, sweet corn beans and squash or pumpkin. Um, is there any other kind of good combinations that, that people should be looking I out for. I can
1: give you one, but you see myself, you cannot have a kitchen garden in, in a field. So you could yeah. have all the best combination possible in a bed. I can give you some good combination. If you don't have a hedge, if you don't have a meadow, if you don't have a wide space, uh, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, so essentially this is... This is a complete ecosystem, as opposed yeah. to, I know. Sometimes when you when you talk about companion planting, you you see certain plants that you know these are good yeah, together. So,
1: you, you, by example, I could tell you all, all the herbs. So all the herbs, like thyme, rosemary, mint, they are from the same family, the Lamium family. Uh, they are all used to for to make a herbal tea. They will draw a lot of insects. Okay. Then something else. Do you know why we use them as a herbal tea? Okay. You use that family when you have a a cold, head cold uh, caused by bacteria. So now go back to the polytunnel. You have your polytunnel. You have your tomatoes. And maybe you have noticed that sometimes they get sick with uh, some types of pseudomonas, which is a bacteria. And if you had plants that could control bacteria, that wouldn't be a bad idea. So myself, I have in my polytunnel, I grow hyssop, I grow savory, I grow thyme, I grow mint, because they are, will be able to regulate as well a load of uh, harmful uh, bacteria. So that's component planting as well. In terms of component planting, we've planted from the same family that everybody knows, nettles. There's a great company in Switzerland producing cream and beauty product called Veleda, uh, W-E-L-E-D-A. And I read quite a lot about that. They grow nettles with with mint, with uh, rosemary, aesop because they have noticed that when you uh, grow nettles with those plants, they boost actually uh, the essential oil. You have much better uh, quality essential oil from, from the thyme, from rosemary. So that's good component planting as well. When uh, And I actually have nettles growing in my polytunnel. It's a top class Uh, plant. Then in the polytunnel as well, you have a family that you know well, the rose family. And the rose family on their root system have a family of fungi called the glomus. The glomus is an interesting family of fungi because they are able to uh, process uh, phosphorus that is quite difficult to process in the garden soil so if you had if you had glumus, then the phosphorus that you have in the soil could be processed in the better way and then being uh, available to your plants, yeah, so now you understand why I grow roses in my polytunnel. so this is component planting where you can have plants that bring uh, a type of fungi. Uh, you have plants like nettles as well. They bring a lot of nitro bacteria. Don't want to be too too complicated, but they bring uh, plants uh, bacteria that can fix nitrogen. So they they are very beneficial on them as well. If you have any green flies, they are going to go on the rose, and they are going to go on the nettles during the winter. So it's a very good way as well. So that's another type of companion planting is that inside a polytunnel, you don't have something bare, but you have living plants, the wool, uh, even if you don't uh, eat them like a rose, but you have them during the whole season. Because if you had smaller colonies of green flies in January, you could compare that to antelopes or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you have antelopes, you have lions. If you have green flies, you have ladybirds. So the fact that you can have plant uh, having population of green flies during the winter means that the predator of the the green flies is actually not too far. So you see, you have a, a different level of component planting. Yeah. It's not one that I like because in Ireland, we grow lot of potatoes, so growing a bed of potatoes is a bit for uh, me. I don't do that too much. Uh, it's a bit plain, but I have a very good technique where I come in March or April with my potatoes, but in a small tray beside it, I have uh, pots with lettuce. I'm going to plant the let- in the same bed. Okay? I'm going to plant my potatoes, am going to plant lettuce on that bed, and then I have yeah. uh, hazel that were cut. It's called a rod, hazel rod the hazel, I make small teepees into that bed, maybe two meters apart, small narrow footprint, and I stick uh, so something like 12 okay. um, snap peas, a uh, plant, so three pots with four seeds. The teepees are six foot tall, and the snap peas, like a tree, are going to grow well above the potatoes. In up to May, you have the lettuce starting to produce quite a lot, and then in May, they Take are over. totally harvested, and the potatoes are going to to come up and fill the bed.
0: Yeah, and the snap peas are on a are on a narrow tripod pod, so they're not.
1: Yes, that's important. That yeah, so they're you not not
0: blocking position. out the light then. Narrow tripod, yeah. yeah.
1: OTP, yeah. Yeah. Um, then, then you have a lot of food. You know, you, you. I think it's very important to mimic the the forest, high plant, lower level, on um, smaller level. When you think like this, um, you, you. Of course, you have so you have companion planting, but then you have the opposite. Okay. So it's not always good. So in, in terms of kitchen garden, uh, first of all, in terms of tree. We we don't have them too much here, but we have lots in France, walnuts. If you plant a walnut, you won't have too much grass growing under, because the walnut will produce its own herbicide called uh, juglone. Not so good. A plant that I don't like too much as well is rhubarb. Rhubarb, you have a lot of, uh, it's a aggressive plant, a big uh, foliage, taking a lot of water, a root system that is quite, uh, expand quite a lot, a bit too much, and you have a lot of oxalic acid, so it's a very acidic plant. Uh, this one is not so good to mix uh, within one bed, with, with other, other vegetables. Then you have two families that you, sh- you should not grow together. It's the allium family. So you have the shallots, the onions, uh, yep. Yep. the leeks, garlic, and the, all the legumes, the garden peas. The, so those should never be mixed together um, because basically the, the sulfur that you have in the allium, you have a lot of sulfur, which is good for us, but it's um, upsetting the nitro bacteria that are living okay. on the root system. Yeah. Of the legume, so it's not a good companion
0: planting. It's uh, it's, oh. it's antagonism. That's very interesting. So, um, companion planting then for people, they, they, you, what you're what you're saying really is that we need to broaden our thinking on it. It's not specifically one plant with another plant. It is a eco. It's an ecosystem.
1: No, you know, myself, I used to grow field beans, stuff like that in France, in, in big, big quantity. What I have noticed, so I'll just give you an example. You grow um, tomatoes in the polytechnic, we, we didn't talk too much about the polytonic. tomatoes, and then you have beans. The problem with the beans is that they have a big flower. That flower, when the, the pots start to shape, sometimes, Tend to fall on the the foliage of the of the bean, and tend to draw water, and tend to catch disease like uh, one called botrytis. So when then so it tend to multiply disease like the botrytis, which is not so good for tomatoes, because when you have that disease on tomatoes, it will drop the flowers. So you see, sometimes it can be uh, difficult to understand. Uh, if a plant is good for another a very good component plant for tomato maybe one of the best I think carrots carrots if you think about tomatoes the, the root system of a tomato so that's another system another way as well is that you have two plants together one is deeply rooted and one is not so tomato two meters deep that's what should be a tomato root system and the carrot yeah. is only on top uh, so the, the carrot has a very light foliage. It will not bring water humidity to the foliage of the tomato. The tomato like to be uh, dry actually. And the second example uh, outdoor is leeks and uh, strawberries. They both need a very rich soil uh, with organic matter. But the leek is going to uh, sink uh, the root system to delve very very deeply. When the strawberries, they actually need a uh, lot of oxygen. So you you have the root system on top of the ground, if possible, protected by straw okay. and strawberries. So that's that's another way type of companion planting where uh, they can benefit as well. But you have as well, you, you they don't compete. You have no competition in terms of. Uh, root system. So when you start gardening, component planting can be quite buzzing, quite difficult to understand. I understand that myself because I garden since since I'm fifteen and I've always watched plants together on insects and stuff like that. And sometimes it's quite difficult to understand why one would be good for another yeah. or not the other, you know. Uh by example, funnel will have the same viruses. Yeah than tomatoes. So not a great idea to grow a funnel in a polytunnel with tomatoes, because then you have green fly, they start to uh, sting the funnel, they get the virus, and then they inject it to your tomatoes. Not so good if you want to save the seeds. So component planting can be quite complex sometimes. Um, But if you try simple stuff like three sisters, like my potato with the snap peas on top on the lettuce as well this is so simple that works very well and it's a good base to 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 experience um, um, that type of gardening <clears throat> I, I do that mostly because when you have three eggs or four eggs um, with climate change uh, you don't put that in the same basket so component planting is a way as well to have two crops or three crops, or four crops, or sometimes even five crops
0: yeah.
1: in one bed. So if you have one that is not so good, uh, the weather might turn, and then you know, you get a, a better crop or better yes, yield so from the other crops. So that's a very important. Uh, uh, that's why I do it as well to, to share the risk.
0: Yeah, it's it's very very interesting. It's it's uh, the conversation has. I suppose, moved slightly different to what I thought it would, but it's, it, it's, it's very important to understand. So essentially, you're talking about creating, uh, you know, to sort of round off, you're talking about creating an ecosystem within your garden that has to have shelter around it first, trees hedging, so on. Then you have to have a wild area. Yes or no. Uh,
1: first of all, you need yeah. to keep what you have because if you have an old tree, 200 years old, that tree is like an old man or an old woman is in, in, invaluable. So before to create something uh, myself, I kept everything I had first
0: Yeah.
1: and then you add on. But be careful with creating because sometimes creating means that you remove mm-hmm. and then you start from scratch. That's not a good uh, idea in terms of nature. You have to keep what you have yeah. and then you add on.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's really a case then of using simple combinations your your overall philosophy should be to try and build up natural predators in the area then you're utilizing the space to the maximum following your your forest replicating a forest and and layers and within that then you 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 get into your companions and your your companion planting uh it's it's really interesting, really interesting, and and your take on composting and not doing it separate to your to your beds is very interesting as well, and makes sense actually when you when you think about it.
1: Um, I, I'm I'm still reading quite a lot of scientific papers and stuff like that. The more you read, we uh, have some very good uh, researchers in France in the History Museum of Paris there, and if. It's, it's a very complex subject uh locking carbon into the soil is not easy it's not easy the from the way humans can can form and can stay on you know this yeah. is very complex actually but everything points into that direction that we should use raw material on the soil and use quite a lot and uh, increase biodiversity
0: yeah, it all it all makes sense
1: to to try to store more humus into the soil. And you wouldn't have the same effect if you try to do that Mm -hmm. with compost, I would say in terms of pollution, because compost is already processed. It's not mixed with the soil. And what will protect the soil are the worm casts. Those 30 kilos per square meter is 30 kilos of, of gold because it's a worm cast that is linked it's called lumbar mix with bacteria, and it's uh, very solid. It's stable, you see? And when you have compost, it's not stable. It's going to see to to uh, to get uh, just, uh, the the water is going to percolate, and so you're going to lose quite a lot, and then it's going to leach in the water yeah.
0: table. That- it's it's amazing actually it's uh yeah i'm I'm thinking away here as you're talking so it's it's very very interesting and as i say it's it's after going a slightly different way than i than i thought I, i you know i thought we were going to talk about actual you know singular combinations but it's 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 clear that companion planting is as i say a whole ecosystem that you're creating and
1: I gave you some combination because you know if I explain first, okay, my polytunnel I have a rose, and I have four roses, okay. I have four roses, I have um one fourth of the polytunnel where I have no crop. I don't have crops there. You're going to say, so What is he talking about? I have no he has no crops in his polytunnel. Yes, of course I have no crops that I grow because I have mint, I have wide rocket, and when you have those flowers in your polytunnel you draw insects. When you have insects in your polytunnel and birds as well, then you don't have to use any organic product. The worst one to use, I think for me, is garlic extract. Because everything I do there is to get insects. Insects, because they are so important to regulate the population of, of the other insects that you don't want. If you start to spray, uh, spray uh, garlic extract, You have no ladybirds, you have no hoverflies, you won't have too much wasps, you have nothing, uh, no honeybees. So, you know, sometimes you have organic products that can be quite detrimental for the ecosystem. They're organic, I know, but they are actually wrong. Because I think that when you have a garden like me, what you do first is that you Mm -hmm. give a bit for nature. You give a bit to rewild, you give a bit with sweets and stuff like that. It can be mint as well, whatever. And uh it gives it it will add so much benefit. This is companion planting sense. for me. Leaving a wide space this is companion planting. You you get the benefit of those plants uh like friends to develop all the plants that you grow in your kitchen garden. They don't have to be side by side. Because they have a, like a like a Nora, they have a wide effect, and they will um, the world garden will yeah. benefit from it makes that. Makes sense.
0: It's, it's it's been really really interesting. Um, you're I know you have you know, done more country school which you run with your your wife Isabel, and that what that that yeah. is uh, a garden school essentially, and you do other courses as well. And yeah. I'm sure all that has changed. And you were telling me that uh, a lot of your classes are done on Zoom now. So maybe just tell tell us a little bit about your classes. Firstly, what what have you got, and then maybe direct people to where they can where they can look you up.
1: So um, originally uh, pre COVID, I had um, uh, seasonal classes. Uh, the cost was fifty euro for three hours here, and then I have a one-day course where I explain in one day all my system. So most of it I explain quite a lot about the way I water, the way I feed the the, the soil, the, the bed, rest bed. I have rest bed with no timber, so I explain all the benefits of that. And um, Besides that, I keep bees. Uh, I don't like the, the the verb keep. I think it's uh, not so good. But I have colonies of uh, bees that are uh, housed in a uh, wari hive, which is um, a system where you don't provide any wax, anything at all. You just put the bees, and they make a nest. On you know. So that was the the different classes. With COVID, yes. I have moved on Zoom. I have um, started uh, start your uh, garden from scratch with all my um, ideas or concepts. It's four hours on four weeks and it costs uh, 50 euros for the four hours. And you know, people can ask uh, questions between the, the classes. Uh, it's quite popular um people uh, people like it actually uh then i had a month to month stroll where people can follow me every month yep. uh, all the the tricks that i do and i'm going to start next week a polytonal course Excellent. uh on zoom on for well, uh hours that's,
0: that's brilliant sound like interesting courses um and your website is Dunmore country school or com
1: yeah i e
0: that I, and that's where people can find you. And I think you're on Facebook as well.
1: Facebook, Instagram, yeah.
0: Oh, very good. Um as I say, this we, we, we were aiming for 30-35 minutes. We're we're now talking for an hour. Um so I might I might choose to, to split this episode into two. Um it has been really interesting.
1: Okay, thanks. Ron. Definitely
0: definitely has me thinking a different way about companion planting and uh, has given me a, a great understanding of it. I, I really like the idea um, and, and the concepts that you're, you're putting forward there, that it's not just about individual plants. It's about a whole ecosystem, um, which which makes sense when you think about it. So really, really interesting chat. And Tongi, thank you very much for coming on Master My Garden podcast.
1: Thank you very much, John, for inviting me and have a nice week.
0: So that's been this week's episode. A huge thanks to Tungi for coming on. That was, as I say, a really interesting chat. Uh, very uh, thought provoking, I, I think. I'm I'm here and I am thinking away in, in in the back of my mind about a lot of a lot of this, and it all makes sense. So definitely, definitely found that really interesting. And there's lots there for people to take away. So companion planting again. There is some individual plant combinations there that Tongi has mentioned, and I'll put them in the show notes. But again, it's just to think of it as a wider ecosystem as opposed to individual plants with one another. So, really, really interesting chat um, and definitely lots, lots to learn there. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with all your gardening friends and you can find me on the social channels. It's Facebook at Master My Garden and Instagram at Master My Garden. So that's been this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And until the next time, happy gardening.